0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe
1: in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. s 3 for the first time in a long time randy orton and seth rollins went one-on-one on monday night raw in the main event of course we got some shenanigans but i think the right guy went over here you know he's heading into elimination chamber needed the win randy didn't need it randy's bulletproof at this point what'd you think
0: yeah they worked very well with each other it was a good main event A uh, really good last 90 minutes of the show with just really good in-ring quality as yes. we head into Elimination Chamber on Saturday. So I was actually pleased coming out of a Monday Night uh, Wow. Yes, for a while. They actually pleased me with the last 90 minutes, aside from, you know, one segment, which we'll get into.
1: Yeah, we, we, we will get into because I think I'm about to join you on the dark side of things. Um, We had a great main event, as you said. I think, look, the storylines aren't always there, right? But the wrestling on Monday Night Raw, the last month solid, has just been spectacular. Everybody in that Raw locker room has got to be watching the matches that they're putting on on AEW every freaking weekend going, okay, we got three hours. We should be doing that shit. Uh, and they have they have been coming uh, correct. Well, except for Veer. Uh, they have been coming correct uh, every Monday night. So you got to appreciate the efforts that are being put in by the talent inside the ring. Again, creative isn't always there. Uh, and that's where we come in. And we spend a majority of our time uh, breaking things down. We will talk about uh, Randy Orton's uh, tag team partner, Matt Riddle. Because this dude just gets more over and over and over every single week. Just massive pops. And we always talk about how baby faces aren't booked right. Well, this might be one of those rare cases where WWE has it right. We will talk about him. Uh Rhea Ripley had an incredibly strong showing, almost like they are heating her up for something. We will talk about that. Alexa Bliss is going to make her in-ring return at Elimination Chamber. We will break down the entire saga and Johnny Knoxville might have a title match at WrestleMania. Okay. All this right. Guy- okay cool that's fine first things first let's take our little business uh football season uh might be over unfortunately uh but basketball is uh in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds totals player performance props to where the next coach fired is going to land bet online is the number one spot for all your betting needs head on over to the website Use your mobile devices and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That is B-L-E-A-V. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds right down to the Olympic coverage. It is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline, your number one online wagering destination. The fastest and easiest way to register or excuse me, wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. And we're not going to start with any of what I talked about and teased already because we have potentially stunning news. Dare I say, potentially stone cold stunning news. Sean Rossap, the the Adrian Wojciechowski of wrestling media along with John Alba, by the way, who does not report anymore. But anytime that man starts dropping the bug eye emojis on Twitter, I start paying attention. And then Sean starts tweeting out his ominous tweets, and then WrestleVotes gets involved, and I start hitting people up. I'm like, what in the flying hell is going on? What could be so damn big? And this was, like, right after, like, the Becky Lynch segment with with Lita, right? Yeah. And given the, the landscape of WWE over the last two years, I'm sitting here going, The hell happened at the end of the Becky Lynch segment. Like I'm always like locked in for like the worst breaking news. This is the complete opposite, especially if you are somebody in our age range, right? Who grew up in the attitude era. Our inner 15, 16, 17-year-olds right now are jumping up and down on our mom's couches, right? Because Sean Rosap is reporting. That WWE is is trying to, what was the word he used? Um, Overture. Yes. Brazen overtures. Trying to pull in Stone Cold Steve Austin, not just for an appearance at WrestleMania 38 in his home state of Texas. They want this man to come out of retirement and wrestle a match at WrestleMania 38. and The plot thickens. Brian Alvarez then tweeted shortly after that. Yes, it has been discussed internally that Stone Cold Steve Austin could be facing Kevin Owens at WrestleMania 38. And all of a sudden, the picture becomes clear, right? SP3, because Kevin Owens, it looked like he started uh, a title program with Damian Priest. And then all of a sudden that was dropped out of nowhere, right? And then... He's. they start talking about him possibly not being on the card at WrestleMania. And we're like, okay, where the hell is this going? And then tonight he cuts a promo on the state of Texas, just crapping all over the city of Dallas. Like, oh, you know, that's fine. I don't need to be there. Screw Texas, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, they're doing this for a reason. And it didn't click because nowhere in, in the depths of my, my fantasy booking mind, what I think that 57 year old stone cold, Steve Austin would would even consider coming out of retirement for some kind of a match at WrestleMania? But it was still like there, like buried deep in my subconscious, right? Because the second this report came out from Sean Rossap, it's like my brain went, "I freaking knew it," but I didn't have the the you know the wherewithal at the time to put all the pieces together. SP three, when 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 this when this dropped and you read this report, what was your initial reaction? What? Um, yeah, what what, what? 57 year old stone cold Steve Austin coming out of retirement (laughs) potentially, yeah, I mean, mean,
0: very, very surprising. But I mean, when this news drops, whenever Sean drops something, there is always fire where there's smoke, there is always that going on. And WWE, you have to put the breadcrumbs together. You know, AEW, it was oh, we have this huge announcement, and then he dropped the news of CM Punk's return, and then the announcement was they were going to the United Center, which one and two, you gotta put it together. Yep. This news drops on the night that Kevin Owens drops a anti-Texas promo, which immediately after he cuts the promo saying he doesn't care about being at WrestleMania, he cuts it crapping on Texas and everything. You immediately think. Who from Texas is versing Kevin Owens at WrestleMania? So you 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 automatically look at the whole roster and no one that is like big enough to get this type of attention for them to have a focused WrestleMania matchup on is from Texas on the current roster. So when this news drops and it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, my initial thought is, oh, this is the replacement for the Shane McMahon match. Maybe he's versus Seth Rollins. But then when you put it together with the breadcrumb of a guy who has been a huge fan of of Stone Cold Steve Austin, we've seen the photos of him before he became a professional wrestler. His finishing move is the Stone Cold Stunner. Uh And now he's cutting promos on Texas. It just makes all the sense in the world that it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is automatically going to be one of the biggest matches on this card if it does go down. And I would argue that it is bigger than probably Roman and Brock or Ronda and Charlie because this is a dream match. This is a dream match and it's Stone Cold Steve Austin returning to the ring. Something that people never thought would happen. Like double the amount of WrestleManias ago. Half the amount of WrestleManias ago. WrestleMania. 19 was supposed to be his final match and now 19 years later in his home state of texas he's going to return to the ring this is huge for wwe yes once again the 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 devil's advocate side of this is yes once again this is wwe relying on nostalgia but i this- was gonna
1: say that was my next question is this actually like A good idea or is this Just when in doubt trot them out Right because it's like I mean That that that's exactly what this This this
0: appears to be what they do Best they don't come up with Creative storylines they Don't come up with with You know builds and pushes for new superstars to be established in that main event scene so you don't have to trot out this nostalgia act that you can have two established stars go at it at wrestlemania that you have kept apart for a large amount of time because they have so much television five hours of television on the main roster, they run through so many matchups. How cool would it have been to see, like I said uh, last week, how cool would it have been to see RK Bro versus Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins? Yeah. How cool would it have been to do Big E versus Seth Rollins when it seemed like they were trying to protect that match to yeah. make that the WWE title match for WrestleMania? They just did it on a Monday Night Raw. They, tonight, they did Seth Rollins and Randy Orton. That could be a WrestleMania match, even though they've done it at WrestleMania, but hey they also did the main event they're doing the main event of that same wrestlemania this year so they could have done it again this year as well so yes they have ran through all the matchups with the current roster where they have to bring in these nostalgia acts to give wrestlemania cards something and if you want to sell out a hundred thousand seats on back-to-back nights you need something like stone cold steve austin's return that is how you are at least going to get one night that sells out. And that's probably the night that Austin is there. And I would put that on night two because night two is going to be a lot harder to, it's going to be a lot harder to sell than night one, ladies and gentlemen. So if WWE is smart, you put that on the night on night two, but this is great for WWE. It is them going back to her old reliable of the Vince Panic button, always pressing nostalgia, no other button. All the other but There's other buttons on the panel, but they're all really the same button. It's all nostalgia. It's all just different levels of nostalgia. They was about to give us a level five nostalgia or really like a level two or three in Shane McMahon, and now we got off to a level 10 uh, nostalgia. No, 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 no. This This is cranking that shit up to 11. Uh, no, 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 no! This is cranking it the, this up to 316. So this <laughs> is what this is great. This is a huge upgrade for what we are gonna get, and it juices up the WrestleMania card overall.
1: If I could guarantee, if WWE could guarantee at all that Stone Cold could go for eight to ten minutes, I'd say this would be a night one main event match. To be completely honest with you because it is that big of a marquee matchup and the history is there it's stunner versus stunner it's sexy it has everything that wwe loves in a main event and you know you don't you, you kind of don't want to hide stone cold's return in the middle of the card i mean if it was if it was like wrestlemania 35 where you got 16 matches and you're all in one night Yeah, I'd say put it on as soon as possible while while the crowd's hot. I might even jerk the curtain with that one, to be completely honest with you. That's how you maybe, and maybe they do. Maybe this is a night one opener where literally
0: night two opener, actually. Night, but either way, night one, for what we got night two last year with Bray Wyatt and uh Randy Orton. Oh,
1: Oh, don't freaking remind me, anywho. So we, you know, you just s- start off, you do the big glamorous like WrestleMania uh, extravaganza and the pyros going off at Big D and everything. And then you just wait 10, 15, 20 seconds. Don't make any announcements. Just let the crowd die down a little bit. And then <sighs> glass shatters. 100,000 people standing room only in Jerry world. Just fricking erupt. And I guarantee you the hair on everybody's arms inside that stadium would just immediately stand up. The electricity would be there. Um, So maybe that might be the best way to go about doing it. But the thing is, it's like. 57, he hasn't wrestled in 20 years.
0: Yeah, I think this this is
1: going to be a glorified Goldberg match is what I'm afraid it's going to be.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, some people drink. Other people get a high, potent amount of weed because Rick (laughs) is smoking some good stuff. If he thinks Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to do 8 to 11 minutes. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I I didn't. I I didn't say that. I said if I could guarantee he would, that would be a main event caliber I wouldn't even be thinking about that. This is the type of matchup that... Kevin Owens can just keep running his mouth. People are just going to want to see him get his butt kicked. This is just going to be your walking brawl type of guy. This is going to be Austin beating him up around ringside. Kevin Owens can get some heat on him in the ring, and then Austin finishes with a stunner. I want five to six minutes. I think that is asking for a lot, but I think that is the max that we should be looking for. And it's fine. I I think that if it's anywhere from the – First match on the card to the middle of the show i think the main events are the main events night two is going to be roman and brock night one's going to be ronda and charlotte cool. i think the best spot for them is the, the night one i mean night two opener but i don't expect austin to do too much this is a nostalgia hit to just see him in the ring see him hit the hit the greatest hits this is not something like this is not going to be the savior for WWE like no. being revived here. This is just something to, to, to make fans buy tickets to WrestleMania. 100,000 seats on back-to-back nights. Oh, yeah. They need something. They, like they, they
1: want to be able to just plaster Stone Cold's face on the side of Jerry World. What is it, at and Stadium? They just want to be able to plaster his face next to Kevin Owens on that gigantic ass screen and, and put it everywhere. And yeah, say, Hey, stone cold, Steve Austin's wrestling tonight for the first time in 20 years. When we know exactly what it's going to be, he's going to take a couple of boots. Maybe he does, you know, the, the jump on him and do the punches, but it's going to be a stunner. It's going to be a pinfall. It's going to be him chugging beers. Maybe he cuts a promo, which is almost like, do you even really need to do a match? Maybe you could do some kind of a physical segment like that, but a match will sell tickets. Even though we all know what we're going to get, but at the same point, Stone Cold Steve Austin. If you've watched Broken Skull sessions, it looks like he's still jacked, man. He's still in pretty good shape. So, but being in shape and being in ring shape to completely different things.
0: Hey, hey, Highspots uh, sent him a ring, and he put it up on uh, his Twitter uh, last summer. So he's had pretty much almost a, a good like nine, ten months to. To be working in that ring to get that's himself true. ready. And I don't think WWE would have had Kevin Owens cut this from because I, re- I, I like racked my brain of the current roster who they could have had against Kevin Owens. The only guy that would have been big enough that's from Texas to verse Kevin Owens that's on the current that was on the current roster is now on AEW and that's Keith Lee. Other than that, it was another Undertaker comeback, and I'd much rather have Austin come in for a couple of stunners and drink some beer than another Undertaker comeback.
1: You you took the words right out of my mouth. That, I think, is the emergency. That's the emergency, right? If you don't have Stone Cold's name on the contract right now, you can go ahead and start the Texas angle and then just have Undertaker. You don't even have to do a match, right? You can just have Taker come down, give him a chokeslam, give him a tombstone. Do the entrance, the gong, the whole nine yards. You can do the same nostalgia act that won't hit nearly as hard because we've seen it so many times over the last 10 years. But that's 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 the backup, right? Like that's the backup plan if you can't get Austin's name on the on the dotted line.
0: So if they don't get Austin to do an in-ring return, they just do they just run the WrestleMania 32 angle of the legends coming out. To beat up the the heel, but this time it's one heel, and he gets the Holy Trinity of Texas: the Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Shawn Michaels. Ooh,
1: I mean those guys can go out there, do a super kick, do a choke slam, and do a stunner, and call it a day. Exactly. And you know what? The crowd would absolutely love Eat it. it. Up. Yep. But real quick, one last comment. You know how I know business is good with WWE? I know business is good because, one, they ran a Super Bowl ad for WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Those ain't cheap. And Stone Cold Steve Austin might be coming out of retirement to wrestle again, which is something that he has been adamantly against for the last 20 years. Even Mm -hmm. told Becky Lynch on the last Broken Skull Sessions, could have been kayfabing us, but even said, look, I ain't got no interest in it.
0: He's banking one to two million at the (laughs) very least for this one match.
1: And that's the thing, right? Like we all said, we all said, Sean Michaels is never coming back. And that Saudi Arabia, Arabia money came in, right? Mm-hmm. Can, I wouldn't think any less of Stone Cold Steve Austin for coming back on this. Like you, you're going to say, like you said, one to two, maybe $3 million for five minutes work.
0: He'd be an idiot not to do that the the only people that's going to be upset is the people that wanted him to come back in like t- 2012 2013 the CM Punk like yeah. there yeah, there there's going to be people that were angry like say, oh why you couldn't come back then you know you were you were like 10 years younger other than that this is a win win for Austin he's going to he's going to make those fans in Texas happy he's going to bank a huge check for this one <laughs> matchup for about 5 minutes of work so I I think that this is a smart move on WWE's part and Stone Cold's part if this does go down.
1: And it offers Vince McMahon a very important thing, and that is peace of mind that WrestleMania tickets will start selling like hotcakes. Because what is more important than peace of mind? Absolutely nothing. And that is what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online and with all the threats that you face today on the internet it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best vpn you can get nordvpn is the world's best vpn service offering the fastest connectivity most servers and next gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure plus you can use nordvpn on all your computers and devices no matter the operating system with NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use the code BLEAV to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan uh, plus one additional month free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Got to take care of a little business here. I don't know if you guys saw, but did have an exclusive interview drop yesterday morning with Santos Escobar. He's got a a big matchup coming up uh, tonight nxt vengeance day against braun breaker for that nxt championship so you're already on the believe in pro wrestling youtube channel so i need you to do two things one check out that interview with santos escobar after this program is done and then two make sure you go up there and you hit that subscribe button all right hit the subscribe button and by the way go check out my twitter page at rick look at my pin tweet and follow the instructions you will have already done step one if you hit the subscribe button to the believe in pro wrestling youtube channel And you will have a chance at $50 guaranteed and up to $100 to shop AEW. So, again, hit subscribe, go to my Twitter page, check out the pinned tweet, follow the instructions, get yourself registered. We're giving away free cash money you have between now and revolution to do this. That's March 6th, so let's get it done, people. It's time to answer the five counts on the Believe Podcast Network. Never thought... In a million years, SP3, I would hear a sold-out crowd in Indianapolis chanting, Broga, Broga, Broga. But that's exactly what we got last night. It seems like everything Matt Riddle does just hits. And this is something I said at the top of the show. You know, we we talk all the time about WWE not building stars. They don't know how to book baby faces properly. They never just let them be themselves and flourish with the audience and make that connection, right? They always want to kind of take take a round peg and shove it in a square hole right that's what wwe tries to do with a lot of their superstars but every once in a while they let somebody flourish and they have done that to their credit with matt riddle say what you want about the guy but wwe audiences love him they love everything that he does and i'm sitting here and i'm looking across the landscape of, of wwe right now and i'm going damn is he already a top three baby face in the company. And we'll start right there with number one here on the five count. What do you say is, is riddle already in that top three as far as most over baby faces in WWE are concerned?
0: No, no, he's not. I'm sorry. He does not because WWE doesn't protect him. Like one, that's, that's the only reason I think that he gets the response. He's one of the more that's, popular. That's more what
1: I'm focusing here on. That's more what I'm
0: focusing on, Like as far as over with the fan base, over with well this this is kind of two different questions but um even even as even over with the fan base Brock Lesnar is more over uh this is not you didn't say male baby faces ronda rousey gets a bigger pop There,
1: I would I was w- sorry I didn't mean to put that in the question as far as the male roster is concerned because okay. yeah there, there would be a lot of women that would be ahead of him yeah. but I'm talking strictly male roster on this one that's my
0: strictly opinion. male roster then it's just yeah he would be in probably the no he would be like number four. Because Randy Orton is more, every Randy Orton gets a louder pop than him, and a lot of his, a lot of his the response and why his growing popularity and the growing pop that he gets and the response is from his relationship with Randy Orton. So I think that Randy Orton is more over them. I also have to say Drew McIntyre is also more over with him, and that's also due to how WWE protects him now that he's on SmackDown. When he was on Raw, and he was getting. You know, consistently in the WWE title scene, he was slowly, you know, that pop was getting lower. But now that he's back on SmackDown, his response at the Royal Rumble, his responses on SmackDown every week have been one of the loudest for any babyface there. And his position—he's—he doesn't have anyone above him like Raw right now. You got Brock Lesnar above Riddle, you got Randy Orton above Riddle. I wouldn't say anyone else. I. I kind of would say that Seth Rollins gets gets a bigger response than Riddle as well, but he's not technically yeah, a babyface baby face, yet. A babyface yeah. yet, yeah, exactly. But he gets a louder response than Riddle as well. So that's like two to three guys that I could say, you know, not just babyfaces, but just get a lot of response than Riddle on his brand. I think if Riddle was separated from Randy Orton and went on SmackDown, then yeah, he would definitely already be a top three babyface. I think we're on the way to him becoming a top three baby face. And I think that after WrestleMania, he will be a top three baby face, but already not yet.
1: I think if I was going to rank them, Brock, number one, right? Everything that he's doing is fantastic tonight. Him kicking the crap out of Austin Theory to open things up, throwing his, 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 his coat on him and putting the hat on him and everything and just showing total disrespect to Austin Theory. Then kicking his butt and taking a selfie with him. Brock is living his best life. If you didn't see the interview that he did with Pat McAfee, right. watch it. All right. Maybe, maybe watch it after my interview with Santos Escobar because it, it's not going to quite live up. All right. But, you know, that's if that's Pat and the boys, and and Brock he did a stone cold impersonation. He broke a table. All right. I think he sang a little bit uh, in that interview. Brock showing off his personality has been the best thing for WWE it has. in quite some time. It is incredible that we didn't get this until now like it, it really really is so yeah he is the top baby face in all of wwe and i can't believe i'm saying that number two i would say edge edge still gets the That's second true. biggest pop of anybody not named john cena when john cena comes back I'm, I'm i'm going just for the guys who are on the active roster right now and then i think i got to agree with you i just put randy orton ahead of riddle but Riddle's right there, man. He's yeah. he's just right behind him. And I, I think WWE deserves some credit with that for just kind of letting Riddle flourish. I mean, this was a guy that people, including myself, couldn't really stand at first. But every single week, he's winning more people over every single Monday Night Raw. The guy's hilarious. He can go in the ring. I would be stunned if this guy never wins a uh, WWE or Universal Championship. And I think it's I, it may come this year to be completely honest with you, if they keep him on his current trajectory and I say, keep him and Randy Orton together as long as humanly possible.
0: Yeah. If they're not doing title versus title, I think the move to do would have Bobby Lashley or Seth Rollins win the elimination chamber and just do a three-way with RK bro. That way you could keep them together. You can keep teasing, teasing them. Like I think that they should have their blow off match probably at SummerSlam. They should be, through wrestlemania still as a unit because i think that's going to be best for riddle's future and for the overall story as well i think i think if they did it like now in the next couple of weeks it would feel kind of rushed the whole turn and everything for rk bro when it really seems like they have been more united than ever the last couple of weeks
1: and i would love the the kind of kind of full circle moment like riddle wins the wwe championship or the universal title or whichever one. And then we get that Triple H, Randy Orton moment, but it's Randy Orton and and Riddle in this case where Triple H is, are, is all happy. And then he's like, all right, big man, dump him. And this time we get Orton and Riddle and Riddle and like, they do the big hug and Orton's raising his hand and everything. And then he gives him the RKO. I think there's some some poetry there. And that's a, a story you can kind of do a callback on. And I think that would be a perfect spot uh, for Orton to do that. Uh, again, we talked about. The wrestling was just spectacular on Monday Night Raw. They gave uh, the ladies, five of them that are in the elimination chamber, 44 minutes. And Rhea Ripley looked absolutely incredible from bell to bell. She went all the way to the end. Did end up losing to Bianca Belair, but, you know, that's nothing wrong with that, especially when Bianca comes out last and Rhea started the match and she beat Nikki Ash, who looked really good, uh, Lib Morgan, who looked good as well, and Do Drop. I mean, look, all all five of these competitors went out there and and did great work on Monday Night Raw. But man, I'm looking at that and I'm going, damn, they are, they just did more for Rhea Ripley as far as her status on the on the on the Raw roster in one night than they've done in the last six months. They seem yeah. to be heating her up for something. What that is, I don't know. But all of a sudden, maybe, maybe, just maybe, she's the one that walks out the winner, an Elimination Chamber on Saturday. So number two, are you buying or selling that Rhea Ripley has a legit chance to win Elimination Chamber this coming Saturday in Saudi Arabia?
0: Oh, I'm selling that, but I'm saying I'm buying the fact that she has a better chance than she did before Monday Night Raw. Because yeah. I think the whole The whole goal of this gauntlet match wasn't for Bianca Belair to win the last entry into the Elimination Chamber match. That was to create another option for fans to think can win because it was just Bianca Belair or whoever's going to be the sixth entering coming into this episode and after this episode because Rhea Ripley went 44 minutes had one of her more impressive performances since she's been on the main roster I say that she is like a dark horse to kind of win this now I think that you know that uh, I think it's a it's a toss-up who you think is going to win between you know who we know now is the sixth entry Alexa Bliss or Bianca Belair but right behind them It's got to be Rhea Ripley as kind of the dark horse who could pull this out. I wouldn't say that this was like a Kofi Kingston in his gauntlet type performance but this was a great performance she showed a lot of she showed different type of matches in this Where yes. she yeah. was versing you know dewdrop and she was fighting from underneath because dewdrop had the size advantage and she was well rested against you know someone who just went through two different matchups you know she went against lift morgan that was more of like the speedy baby face for more versus the overpowering baby face and then her and nikki ash that was solid i think they kind of had like a mistiming to the end there but yeah. other than that they worked well with each other where it was more of a natural babyface versus heel matchup and then bianca belair and rhea ripley man like between the the ending of last year's women's World rumble and this match here it yeah. made me want to see them on a premium live event one-on-one on a big stage that's the type of matchup that i think if they got their own one-on-one matchup they would deliver and steal the show
1: yeah i saw a post on twitter um Earlier today, it was a screen capture of a report, and it didn't say where the report came from, and I couldn't find it anywhere. But there was a mention of about possibly Rhea Ripley being added to the Raw Women's Championship match, and there possibly being a triple threat in the works. Again, I don't know who said that. I couldn't find it anywhere. I don't know if there's the any kind of validity whatsoever to that. I don't like that because then what's the point of doing the Elimination Chamber if you're just going to end up with a triple threat anyway? Exactly, but. I, I I have to agree with you. I'm I'm going to sell that she has a legit chance, especially with the addition of Alexa Bliss. Right up until we we got the big conclusion tonight of the Alexa Bliss return saga. I was gonna buy this. I was like, man, they might be heating her up for Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley, which again that's one of those minor little things and I'm just like, I honestly wouldn't hate it because I just want to watch the Bianca Belair fan reaction on Twitter because that would be worth it to me to just watch the internet burn down. Uh, and I, and I, and I sympathize with Bianca fans, right? I've been there. I have been there before. Bianca's arc is honestly a lot like Becky Lynch's back in 2018, except Bianca hasn't been putting in catering after her women's championship match. At least she's on TV every week. So I've been there. I can sympathize with you. But people used to rag on us Becky Lynch fans all the time and make fun of us for going nuts on Twitter. So I kind of want to be on the other end of that just one time in my life. But, man, I'm, I was just really happy to see Rhea get this performance because it was almost like WWE remembered what they have in her. Yeah. Which is a legit effing star and somebody who should constantly be talked about as a main eventer which it, it's kind of sad that she's not. I mean, she she dropped that belt really quickly after wrestling. Like, she didn't even make it to SummerSlam. At least Bianca got to SummerSlam with the belt. Rhea got what? Money in the bank, and that was it? Yep. So two months. She basically had two months with the Raw Women's Championship, and it still, by the
0: way, has never gotten over on Charlotte. Still nope. has not. Nope. That that long-term booking everybody was talking about, you know, with um, they definitely going to pay it. Nope. Oh, it's going to uh, be long,
1: long-term. Eventually... Uh, yeah, yeah. Very eventually, Rhea, eventually Rhea will get a win over Charlotte on like a random SmackDown three years from now and WWE will go, see, we finally paid it off. We did it. We did we it, did. everybody.
0: We did, we did, we did ladies it, ladies and gentlemen.
1: To me, this is still a slam dunk. Bianca Belair is winning this on Saturday. I would be surprised if they went any other direction. But man, bringing Alexa Bliss back just to have her take this L at Elimination Chamber May, it, it's got me at now 6535 right i'm 65% sure bianca's there and then there's like 35% of me that's thinking maybe they give this to alexa who went through weeks and weeks and weeks sometimes twice a night therapy sessions yeah and and i defended these that's i defended good. these because
0: i really enjoyed alexa's acting in these right, and, and, I, and I, every time you say that, you literally pause, do the longest pause ever before you say what you. I really like, like that's how you say it, and that that makes me feel like you are trying to like this more than you actually genuinely like. I, I
1: I want to give credit where it's due. alexa's performance the entire time was fantastic, and I'm sitting here going, please get to the point because it's getting really hard to defend this. And you're sitting here saying it's not funny, it's not entertaining, it's not this, that, and the other thing. And I would argue with that saying, look, I've watched plenty of dramas where I have been in in invested in it, and it's not quote unquote funny or entertaining or this, that, and the other thing, right? There there is a whole section for you know what they were going for here. But the ending of this to me, the what what were we what what was the point? What are we doing? What happened? You brought Alexa Bliss in there, right, at the start of these therapy sessions to cure her, Mm -hmm. to to get her to believe the fact that Lily is not real. She's a figment of her imagination and get her back to being a normal functioning person. Yeah. And then at the end of it, the conclusion is, hey, you're cured. You're a normal functioning human being. Oh, hey, here's Lily back. And just keep Lily with you at all times and you're going to be a normal functioning human being. Yep what 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 is what is this so are we getting hybrid alexa bliss are we going to get the damian priest of alexa Blisses, where she's like this split personality character where occasionally she'll show up normal and occasionally if you piss her off the lily side of her is going to come out what do, if you if you weren't going to take her back to some form of full-time normalcy what what was the point? I know the Lily dolls are selling like hotcakes. Either keep her the way she was or alter. Ulti- SB3, the story didn't make any sense at all. The ending didn't, there was no payoff to this whatsoever. None. This They, they completely wasted our time <laughs> with this. And I hate to say that because I'm a fan of Alexa Bliss. And I know you're about to go off on this and call me stupid. But like, I had hopes for this when it first started. And every week it got harder and harder to defend because I'm like, get to the damn point. Get to the finish. What's the payoff here? Which direction are we going? And at the end of all this, I don't know what the hell direction that they're going. Again, not a knock on Alexa Bliss. Love her to death. Love her work. Love this character work. Love this character. Always have, always will. Uh Uh-huh. It's WWE creative, man. Yep.
0: I mean... This has not. This this didn't make sense. This wasn't good. This wasn't entertaining from the very beginning, ladies and gentlemen. Do not let Ricky Rick Gino's passion and 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 the way he eloquently you you people feel him. free. Feel free to feel however
1: you feel about something.
0: Oh yeah, you can feel. You can feel however you feel <laughs> about what you feel. But the vast majority of us seem to not have enjoyed a lot of this and me personally all i can speak of is how i felt and i've been telling y'all for weeks this was a waste of time i don't know what they doing this is boring there's no point to this and i i ask casual fans people that just randomly will watch a monday night raw and they say this is like the worst part of the show because there's no there's no like what can you say okay alexa bliss doing well with this she's doing her job well great it's still crap you can do crap very well i've seen it i've seen it i watch a lot of television and a lot of it is crap but people can (laughs) perform that crap very well keeping up with the kardashians is mostly a crappy reality show that was on for 20 seasons because people want to see crap sometimes. And I guess I guess that's the people that enjoyed this Alexa Bliss saga. I I knew from the very beginning that there was not going to be any point. And all the finale did was prove to me that there was no point. The whole point they told us from the beginning is we're going to cure Alexa Bliss. So she doesn't need Lily anymore. And it ends with her getting Lily and being told that she will never be normal without Lily. That is the biggest waste of time we wasted two months of television on these segments that offered zero quality which outside of rick Uchino, all the people that i watch on youtube or watch on analysts or talk about wrestling no one seemed to be saying anything good about this i don't see any of y'all coming in our comments telling please tell me if you really like this a bliss saga Please let us know in the comment section below and tell us why you enjoyed it and what what was the enjoyable part, what was the memorable part that you got from the Alexa Bliss saga that you will remember in a few months' time. You will never forget the moment where Alexa Bliss told her therapist that she was on the line at the supermarket and beat a lady with a piece of bread oh great yes i will never forget it. i'll be telling my kids when they're older about these Alexa lists like why the hell couldn't they
1: show us that do a flashback or some bullshit don't like do like an actual action sequel like the only action we got in any of this was her breaking some stuff in like the first one or two episodes and then it was just talking and i'm like all right this is going to heat up eventually this is going to heat up eventually there's going to be a point to this is that i have faith it was always faith with me and again the only good thing that i said was alexa bliss is killing it with this with this stuff that is the only good thing that i said throughout this entire process
0: dude like because seriously. i had
1: i i believed i believed right. which is the theme of the damn show that i they know would, they had a plan and that they would take this seems to me like they didn't film all this ahead of time it was like Wait a minute. Halfway through, they realized, hey, we still got a lot of these Lily dolls up at WWE shop and they are selling pretty well, but we still, you know, are we sure we want to get rid of her? Because we're making money off of this. And then somebody changed their damn mind. That's what it seemed like. I refuse to believe that this was the end game from the get go where you're going to cure Alexa Bliss and tell her they don't need Lily. And then they end up giving her Lily back and saying, keep her with you at all times and you're going to be fine.
0: I guarantee you this was the end game because we all the reports have said they would film this in one in like one or two days. So they filmed all this with this being the intent. There were some reshoots. Game. I, I, I don't, know, don't care what I, anybody says. There were reshoots. Rick, this doesn't Rick, make any sense. All I will tell you, Rick, is that is not quality entertainment. If you want to watch quality entertainment, watch our shows back. Watch Believe <laughs> in Pro Wrestling. Yo, you making me feel like I'm Corey Matthews and you Sean Hunter and these Alexa Bliss sagas is the center. You join a cult where you believe all this nonsense that they tell you. And that's not a real hug. This is a real <laughs> hug Rick.
1: This to me feels like Die Hard except it wasn't nearly as successful. Not even close to a succe- to successful. Do you ever heard the story of Die Hard? They're literally writing the script as they're filming the movie, right? And they got down to the point where they had to come up with how the guys were going to get away. They had no idea how Hans Gruber and the guys in the terrorists were going to, what their escape plan was until it got to the point where they were going to shoot it, right? And then they brought the ambulance out of the, the truck that they had pulled in there, except Earlier on in the movie, they had that big shot coming out of the back of the truck where all the guys walked out of the truck and there was no ambulance there. They screwed it up, right because they were writing everything as it, as it went along and they ended up with an ending that made that didn't make any sense, but nobody gave a shit because the movie was still good. That's what I feel like happened here and but there wasn't it it wasn't good. Overall, yeah. the overall product was not good. And I yeah. refuse to believe that this was shot in one or two days. There had to be some reshoots because none yeah. of this made sense. It's not coherent.
0: You Nothing makes sense. You would literally have to tell the story of how the director had a 100 or so other movies that didn't have endings or stuff that didn't make sense to have a fair comparison to the <laughs> WWE. Like, I, this is why I've been down on these segments From the very beginning, because you can believe whatever you want to believe, Rick. But I believe this was the ending they planned from the very beginning. And yes, it didn't make any sense only to one person, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And that's all that matters to them. It's just
1: bad, bad writing is what it is. All right. But do you agree with me that she would probably be the second? most likely person to win at elimination
0: really i don't think it would make any sense to have if it was a returning person as this final entrant i don't i think i would always think the returning person is going to win oscar bailey alexa bliss lacey Evans. it didn't matter if it was one of these returning persons winning i think they should win because how does it make sense for them to return and then lose and nine times out of ten them losing is not going to set up a singles match for them at WrestleMania, so yeah. I mean, I I think that Alexa Bliss is the odds-on favorite, and I think even when we go into Saturday, she's going to be the betting odds favorite. I think that I think it's like it's very close. It's like I was going to ask you to put a percentage on it. If I had to put a percentage on it, I'm like fifty-five forty-five Alexa Bliss over Bianca.
1: So you're Lopez. saying the Bianca stands should be nervous.
0: They they should always be nervous. I've been telling them this. <laughs> I've been I've been telling them this since the optimistic uh, Bianca fans came out after SummerSlam. I'll be like, I've been telling them ever since SummerSlam. This was not a good look. And this company has you should not have faith or hope that they are gonna pay this off and have Bianca win in the end. All uh,
1: right, real quick, let's run down to the uh to the last two here. Um tuned in to the uh, we brought up Sean Ross app earlier who had the big uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin story uh, that broke late last night uh, tuned in to his uh, elimination chamber preview show which ours will be coming out Friday morning at 7 a.m. we will have a special guest this week I will let you know as soon as that special guest has signed on the dotted line because uh, I still need Stone Cold to sign on the dotted line that's the analogy I'm going to go with there um
0: and the, the the name on the contract said McMahon but it says Shane McMahon
1: yeah exactly uh so as soon as I can get somebody to say yeah I'll come on I'll let you know who it is but um I'm listening to him and and, and Jeremy Lambert talk about Becky Lynch and Lita and they started talking about the length of the match and and how they were afraid that it was going to go long right and I'm sitting there going Man, that's a good point that is a really, really good point. And, and Sean brought this up, and I agree with him. He's like, look, I know Lita can do a moonsault. I know she can do the Lita Rana. I know she can do a twist of fate. Don't know what else she can do at this point, right? There's just a lot of mystery in the air because, again, this will be her first match against a female competitor, legit one-on-one matchup since 2006. That, that's a long-ass time ago at this point. That's almost as long as Stone Cold Steve Austin being outside of the ring. When we have seen her, it's been in tag matches where she hasn't had to carry the full load. It's been in Royal Rumbles. It's been in Battle Royals where she hasn't had to carry a full load. And let's be honest, you don't really have to do a whole lot in Battle Royals. It's just a lot of punching and kicking and maybe a a high spot or a move or two, right? When the ring's been cleared out a little bit and it's safer to do those things. Now she's going one-on-one with Becky Lynch. And it's like, okay. Okay. How's this match going to shape out? Would it be, is this kind of situation where less is more in this kind of a situation, even with it being a quote unquote dream matchup. So number four, are you giving this matchup over or under seven and a half, uh, seven and a half minutes at elimination chamber, Becky Lynch and Lita for the raw women's championship.
0: Um, I, man, that's a, these are great points uh, made by you made by the fightful fellas as well. Um, I think that this matchup will be in its best if it's between seven and eight minutes. So I will go with under and I will go with seven minutes. I think that they they have a good story going in and they had a really good go home segment yeah. with Becky Lynch's great character work, probably the best character work that she's had since like 2018, pretty much. Like she was just on the money, cut a great promo and just was in that mode of just really desperate and disheveled with the fact that leader, her hero is challenging her right before WrestleMania. It's a great story going into there. And I think that they can have a really good matchup if it's like seven to eight minutes. So that's why I'll go with under in seven minutes.
1: Yeah. um, Becky Lynch came out on raw, walking into work, like every Cincinnati Bengals fan walking into work on Monday, just, disheveled, defeated, just beat up, no sleep whatsoever. She walked out. I'm like, Oh damn. Okay. That's what I looked like this morning. All right. Just not nearly as fashionable and nowhere near as pretty. Um, But (laughs) yeah, that, that was an incredible turn for, for Becky Lynch uh, for this story to take where the fact that it's like, it wasn't that she was afraid of Lita in the get go. It's like, she did not want this match. Like, Rebecca Knox won, or Rebecca Quinn wants this match. Becky Lynch doesn't want this match because she doesn't want to kill her her hero. And I think that's the story that's going to unfold on Saturday, which makes me think that this match is going to go over. It's not going to be so much about the moves. It's going to be about the theatrics. I think we're going to get a lot of Becky Lynch fighting with herself more than she's fighting with Lita on Saturday, which is going to open it up for Lita to hit maybe a little bit more offense. Becky's going to get a lot of work, a lot of her heat in there. And she's going to tell a story. And eventually she's going to have to put her down because she loves her championship more than she loves her hero. That's the story I'm expecting to play out. But I think it's going to end up elongating the match a little bit. I think this thing's going to go right around nine or ten minutes. uh, So I'm going to go with over uh, on on this one.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Um, Becky Lynch, she's good in the ring. Uh, I think she's one of the better female performers. She doesn't have a wide variety of uh, her matches, great matches, that are, she's the one carrying the match. Let's be honest here. I'm just going to say it. Uh, Her and Liv Morgan, they put put together a pretty good series together and had some good matches, and even some would argue, like, a great match on Monday Night Raw when they went against each other, or even some people that said the day one match was better, but. I've seen her against like the Lacey Evans of the world. I've seen her with people that are not that experienced or are rusty in the ring, and it hasn't been good. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on this uh, going like ten minutes. If I'm WWE, I think that it is an option of like seven to eight minutes, and you're probably better off with seven.
1: I than- I agree with you. I, I I agree with you that I think less is more here, and right around seven is it would be the sweet spot. I just think they're going to do. There's, there's going to be a lot of selling. I think you know Becky's going to throw in her the step. She's going to you know hit her on the table. There's going to be a lot of heat in this match, yep. and there's going to be a lot of Lita fight, or excuse me, a lot of Becky fighting with herself. The fact that she hates that she's doing this to Lita that I think is going to end up carrying that match over the seven and a half mark. Maybe you're, it doesn't ten, but I think it's going to be over seven.
0: You're probably right because it's an eight match card now, and they, you know Goldberg and Roman ain't going past five minutes nope. so they they kind of have to have uh, this match probably go that way
1: one championship that will not be on the line in saudi arabia because oh hang on spoiler alert by the way uh if you do not want to know what happens this friday on smackdown stop listening to the show right now we appreciate you tuning into all 52 minutes of this 30 minute podcast to this point but if you do not want to know what happens on friday night smackdown stop listening and watching right now you have and don't, go web, don't go yeah, to
0: wwe's website yeah they Facebook
1: spoiled Twitter. it themselves so chances are you probably know so just let's go ahead and go with this so Sami Zayn's gonna win the intercontinental championship on on this friday uh he is going to defeat shinsuke nakamura which if i had more time i i would scream and shout to the heavens about how dirty they have done shinsuke nakamura with both of his intercontinental championship reigns allow me to just read you a stat real quick this comes from graham matthews my boy over at bleacher report between two title reigns as intercontinental champion shinsuke nakamura has held the belt 384 days and he has had four televised title defenses which means number five will be this friday where he will drop the belt i have to tell you how ridiculous that is you're part of the problem. Anywho,
0: it's not ridiculous. He's just using New Japan rules. New Japan, we have to defend <laughs> title defense. you don't have to defend it every 30 days in New Japan. So that's how Shinsuke said it. Shinsuke was like, I'm only going to defend my title like New Japan Pro Wrestling every couple of months on your big shows. You know, not big shows that are on like Peacock or the WWE Network. I mean, right. your big SmackDown shows. Yeah, it's not
1: going to be on a premium live event. It hasn't in an entire calendar year at this point.
0: When you need some radios on the SmackDown, that's taped. Put me on there. I'll huh? main event. Intercontinental title
1: is not going to be defended on a premium live event from WrestleMania to WrestleMania. Congratulations, WWE. A title that used to mean something went wire to wire. It's now the 24-7 championship at this point.
0: Hey, to be uh, fair, this is also a title that wasn't defended at WrestleMania for like five or six years. So
1: There is that as well. Um they get really hot and cold. It all depends on who they put the title on that they they say, all right, yeah, we'll actually do something with it because they if, if they have long-term plans for you, you're going to have an Intercontinental Championship reign. Uh, but anywho, so Sami Zayn now is going to be uh, a three-time Intercontinental Champion. Looks like we're going to have a title match. Who's it going to be? Who Who's he going to defend that championship again? Is Shinsuke Nakamura going to get his rematch? Could it be Madcat Moss? Could it be Happy Corbin? Could it be Drew McIntyre? Drew Mac? Could it be Sheamus? That would be a great little story to tell. You could turn. You could turn. Uh, Sammy Babyface, right? You could have Sheamus going after the Grand Slam. Move somebody over from Monday Night Raw because that you could give Big E a shot. You could give Kofi a shot. You could give Woods a shot, right? There's there's some names out there that would easily fit into the to an Intercontinental Title match. I will literally name the entire roster before I get to the guy who is rumored to get the Intercontinental Championship match. And at he's a better option. Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer, says Johnny Knoxville is getting an Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania.
0: Yo, I said this to y'all. If you, if you were a longtime fan of SP3, I was on True Hill Heat. I was on Wrestling Daily. I was over on Sports Heater Wrestling YouTube channel. And I told y'all all, all, the best move WWE did before WrestleMania last year was calling Bad Bunny. Because Bad Bunny drew new eyes, casual viewers, new viewers, Laps fans. Because they wanted to see this world-renowned rapper in the wrestling ring. And he surprised the world. So they need another celebrity hook. Bad Bunny is is doing his is doing his concert. He's on tour. He's busy, so they can't they can't get the draw. They can't get an A lister like Bad Bunny. They gotta go to a B lister. Well, they can't really get B listers. So they got <laughs> C listers, and they got one who just had a brain hemorrhage yeah. uh, because he was filming Jackass Forever. They yes. got Bunny Knoxville. I'm not saying this is the wisest decision. I'm saying this is a decision to get laps fans. It's for the same reasoning that they got Bad Bunny last year. It's to get fans that don't usually watch. This is not for anyone that listens to Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is not for Rick. This is not for me. This is for the, the those fans of MTV and Jackass from 20 years ago who will watch WrestleMania this year to see Johnny Knoxville get an opportunity at the Intercontinental Championship. And overall, this is the, for the betterment of the Intercontinental Championship. Is it? Johnny Knoxville challenging for it means that the Intercontinental Championship will get on the main card of mm. WrestleMania. And I think that's the only way to guarantee this title gets on this car.
1: i don't even know what to say at this point like i i have expressed my displeasure with the booking of the intercontinental championship ad nauseum across multiple platforms for the better part of two three years uh at, at this point um to to the point where i i almost buy a lot of your arguments but I'm sitting here and I'm going, why, why, does, why does Sammy and, and Johnny Knoxville need the Intercontinental Championship? The answer is it doesn't. It doesn't. You could have done this match without the title.
0: The Intercontinental Championship needs Sammy Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. That's my point. That is exactly the point. That is how shittily, if that is an actual word, that they have booked
1: this damn championship over the better part of the last three years is that you're going to revive it with an aging movie star who has brain damage. He's not going to put This match isn't going to be good. It's not, it's not going to be nearly as I'm not saying that Johnny Knoxville isn't going to commit and isn't going to put in the work. He damn well might, but it ain't going to be no bad bunny at WrestleMania. Again, you're asking for lightning to strike twice and you're going to bet that on Johnny Knoxville. And I was all for Johnny Knoxville being in the Royal rumble for most of the reasons that you just mentioned. Along getting this to WrestleMania to have a one-on-one match for the Intercontinental Championship? That's the best we can do, WWE? That's the best you got? I'm to the point where I might like, retire this damn thing. And I'm never to the point with championships. And damn, I'm almost yeah. getting there with the women's tag team titles too because all we've seen Carmella and Zelina do in the last three weeks is lose matches and,
0: and attend a Toga party. I mean, They both look, look great, cry. but that's all they did. I've been done with that. I don't even know what we still talking about that. I didn't even know it still existed. But <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Knoxville, he's got brain damage. But so does Fesco from Euphoria. And he's raised his little brother Ash. He's oh he's run his, his grandmother's business. And he's the best character on Euphoria. So if he could do all of that with brain damage, Johnny Knoxville can potentially win the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania 38. Book it, Dano.
1: One final thought here before we wrap up again this half hour podcast that I said we needed to try to go short because I had to be in work in four hours.
0: Hey, I never go that long. (laughs) I keep my my thoughts in abbreviated three minute or less soliloquies. I try my best.
1: Yesterday was Valentine's Day, day of love, or day to spend with. Somebody that, you know, is a, has become a really good friend to you, which is the case that we got on Monday Night Raw with Reggie, Dana Brooke, Reggie trying his best to fight out of the friend zone. Yeah. Didn't happen. Protected. How many weeks now has he been protecting Dana Brooke? Seems like endlessly, endlessly. It's, I feel like Dana Brooke won that thing. I, I'm not sure. And I'm not going to take time to look it up. Feels like she won it back in November. Maybe even before that. I could be way off. I don't know. But. Reggie has been barking up this tree for a long-ass time. Last night, he finally realized it wasn't going to happen. Dana had to let him down softly. She said, look, thank you for protecting me, saving my championship again. I appreciate it, but I just don't feel the same way that you do. And he's like, I respectfully understand. And then my man Reggie just went all Denzel, said, well, I'm leaving here with something. Rolled her up, stole the 24-7 championship, and walked out the door, which SP3, what does that mean? Because I think you summarized it the best.
0: <laughs> what? He, he he Yo, he walked away with something. He had to <laughs> walk away with something. He had to get son out this deal. Like, come on. Come on. Reggie couldn't go out. He friend zoning is, is a crime that deserves punishment. If you friend zone, you will wind up with the check You will wind up with your title taken, ladies and gentlemen, and Reggie proved that I am proud of Reggie because you called it protecting. This man has been sipping on live television (laughs) for the last couple of weeks, so I'm glad he got out of the sip zone. Good for
1: Reggie. Poor Dana Brooke. This is probably – the worst that she's looked since the money in the bank when she literally like took the briefcase down in the office and then never made it up to the roof yeah hey she was a champion though she had she was a champ man she held on to that for for a long
0: longest reigning 24 7 champion of all time
1: behind reggie
0: behind reggie yeah
1: who what is he a two or three or four here's the thing Who cares? We've gone really, really long, and that's the most we're ever going to talk about the 24-7 championship. Hope you guys had a good Valentine's Day. Hope you guys had a good Super Bowl Sunday, or better than I did anyway. Uh, Again, check out my conversation with Santos Escobar here down on the uh, uh, exclusive interviews tab. Uh, Hit the like, hit the subscribe button. Check out my pinned tweet at Rick Uccino. Get yourself registered uh, for a possibly $100 gift card to shop AEW. We appreciate you guys. We will be back. Tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., to break down NXT Vengeance Day. I have faith, SP3, this is going to be a good show. Looks like a stack card. We didn't even get into the fact that Tommaso Ciampa was on Raw last night. We'll have to save that for another show. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe.